get our Bibles, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Today we have started a new series. And I, the new series is called The Word of God Revealed. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. And if you happen to have a little string in your Bible, you want to take that string and put it right in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to be there a while. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The series is The Word of God Revealed. And if you have not been taught the word of God revealed, then you are not being taught the New Testament. That's why we taught so long. God has made us able ministers of the New Testament. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. The letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. First Corinthians chapter number two. Are you there? Verse one through verse number 10. If you got your Bible. And I, brethren... When I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Let's read that verse again. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. How be it? We speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the prince of this world that come to know. But we speak wisdom, the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom was God ordained before the world, <coughs> excuse me, unto our glory. Was none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, Yea, the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now, we're going to give you our supper for today. The series, once again, is taken from verse number 10, but God has passed it, revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Then we go to our subject, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 13. Just one verse. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2 and verse 13. Just one verse. When you get there, say amen. amen. It says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, you receive it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh in you, also in you that believe. The word of God will work in you if you do one thing. Believe. Your responsibility is to believe the word. You may be seated. Now, we're going to go just a moment to Romans chapter 10, verse 8 through 10, and we're going to read that, because that's where we get our subject from today. Uh, 
Romans chapter 8, verse, Romans chapter 10, I'm sorry, verse 4. I'm sorry, we're going to start reading verse 4 through 10. Father, we thank you now for your Holy Spirit. We thank you now for the anointing. We give you all the praise and the glory. For your grace is sufficient for us. We thank you, Lord, for your finished work. We thank you, Lord, for the blood of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thank you for your tender mercy. We thank you, Lord, for your divine protection. We thank you, Lord, for your divine provisions. We thank you for all the things you have blessed us with in Christ Jesus, our Lord. All that agree with their prayer say, amen. amen. All right, now what we want to do today is we want to uh, go into some things this morning. We, we started this teaching this morning, so if you was not here, you can get the first teaching this morning. Because the first teaching this morning, we talked about the message of faith. Uh, now, we have three messages that's in the Word of God. And the Bible told us to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman, and needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we're going to have to know the message for today, uh, because there are three different messages in the Bible, and so we have to know what we are being taught. And if, if, if you don't know that, then you'll sit in a, mess, in, a, in a place, you'll get taught the wrong thing, and you'll think you're okay, because like Eve, the trees looked alike, evidently, if she chose the wrong tree. So what I want to do today, I want to uh, teach you the Word of God. So I'm giving you what we believe here up front because I'm going to be teaching on it. Uh, but my message is going to come. Let's look at, in the good news now, in the good news, Romans chapter 10, verse 4 through verse 10 from the good news. That verse is 1 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman, and needed not to be ashamed. Watch what he said. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Do you know what the word of truth is? Because the word of truth is the gospel of our salvation. Amen? All right, so we're going to show you that in the good news. Christ has brought the law to an end. I said Christ has brought the law to an end. So we know the law is ended. All right, now that's why we don't do communion on the table anymore. Because Passover was under the law. But Christ has brought the law to an end. Also, it says in that same verse, Romans chapter 10, verse 4, we are reading out of the good news. So that everyone who believes, what is your, what is your job? Believe. Everyone that believes, I'm going to check you out a little later on, what's your responsibility? Believe. Everyone that believes is put right with God. Everyone that what? Believe. Believes is put right with God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So your responsibility is to believe. Everyone that believes is put right with God. All right? Now, I'm going to show you in the Word of God. Now, you got to hold on to what I just gave you. Because if you're going to be right with God, you need to do one word. What is it? Believe. believe. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through verse number 4, told you what you ought to believe. I know we take this for granted, but we're going to read it again. And then we're going to go to Ephesians 1.13. 
told you what you're supposed to believe. So, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, watch what Paul said, which I preach to you. That means that not what Peter, James, and John preach, but what I preach to you. Which also you have received and wherein you stand. By which also you are saved. If you keep in memory, watch what he says, what I preach to you. So if you don't know what Paul preached to you, how are you going to keep your salvation? What I preach to you, Paul preached Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. What I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain or you believe the wrong message. Then he's going to tell you, I delivered to you first of all. Now this I delivered to you was found back then, Acts chapter 15 and 16. I delivered to you first of all that which I also received. Here's his message. How Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He fulfilled the scripture. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. This is how, this is what I preach to you. Paul preached Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. Now I had you to read 1 Corinthians 2, 5. Let's go back there again. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 5. Paul talked about in the first four verses the testimony of our Lord. He preached the testimony of our Lord. Let's just go back to verse 1. Anyway, we'll do it. Let's go back to verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or man wisdom. Watch what he told you he preached. Declaring to you the testimony of, of God. The testimony. Well, what is the testimony of God? Christ, death, burial, resurrection. See, that's the testimony. Then he said, I, det I determined not to know anything among you. Then he's going to tell you what it is. Say, Jesus Christ and him crucified. So he's telling you, this is what I preach. I preach Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. He said, look, I was with you in trembling, in weakness, in fear, in much trembling. I was with you. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Why, Paul? Why did you preach Christ? That your faith... Now, I'm getting ready to go somewhere because I'm going to show you that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. Where do your faith supposed to be? In the power of God. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Your faith supposed to be in the power of God. Romans chapter number 1. Your faith ought to be in the power of God. Let me say it again. Your faith ought to be in the power of God. Amen. Say that with me. Your faith, Your faith ought to be, ought be in, the in the power of God. All right. Now, watch what Romans 1 16 says. He's going to tell you what the power of God is. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God. What is the gospel of Christ? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is what? The power of God. What is the gospel of Christ? It is the power of God. So I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God under salvation to everybody. And not just as Jews, Jews, Gentiles, make a difference who you are. The gospel of Christ is the power of God. Now, Paul told you that he wanted your faith in 1 Corinthians 2, 5, go back, 
1 Corinthians 2, 5, that your faith would be where? In the power of God. So if your faith is in the power of God, what is the power of God? Christ's death, burial, and resurrection of the gospel of Christ, right? So if you say, what is your faith in? In Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, right? That's the power of God, all right? He said that your faith, you're not standing in the wisdom of God, but your faith is supposed to be in the power of God. So you're supposed to know what the power of God is. It's the gospel of Christ or Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Now, if your faith is not there, then you have faith in faith. And that's what a lot of people are doing. They're putting their faith in faith. Or their faith is in water baptism. Or their faith is in taking a Passover, communion, the Lord's Supper. But if your faith is not in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, then your faith is dead. That's why James called it faith without works or dead being alone, and the works have to be Christ's work, not yours. Faith without work is dead. All right, that's why 1 Corinthians 14, uh, let's do that. We did it this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, chapter 15, I'm sorry, 14 and 17. Now, I'm reading this again because I said to you this morning, there are people who still think taking communion has something to do with sins. It does not. And also, they think water baptism has something to do with sins. No. See, if, if you read what the words say, see, what people are giving to you is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because John baptizing with water for people was to repent of their sins. Well, once Christ came, he already did what? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1, 2, 3, 4. We read it every Sunday. What did Christ do when he came? Christ died for our... That's the first thing you ought to know. Christ died for your sins. Well, if he died for your sin, what do that mean? Let me, let me put it this way. If Christ died on the cross for my sin, he what? Paid for my sins. So if you don't get that, you don't, you, you don't even have the first step of salvation. Sin had to be dealt with before you could receive the Holy Spirit. See, God could not come live in the house until it was cleansed. So Jesus came and washed your sins away so God can come in the house. Can't you see that? And so what people are doing is saying, well, God lives in my house. Well, how do you get your sin washed away? I washed and baptized in water in Jesus' name. Well, your sin still is not washed away. See, people are, are lying, and what's going to end up proving them is when they die. Because it's bad you die and you don't have the Holy Spirit. God cannot live in your house if you have not put your faith in Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. You got to do that so the Holy Spirit can move in the house. The house got to be cleansed. I hope you get it. I hope you get it. People are dying every day. My job is to make sure that it don't happen to you. Okay, go back to Romans chapter 10, verse 4. Okay, it says, Christ be not risen. Watch this. If Christ is not risen from the dead, then our preaching is vain and your faith is vain. Your faith is dead. 
And if Christ be not raised, your faith is, is vain. And watch the next thing. If Christ did not rise from the dead, you are yet in your sins. Well, I thought water baptism got rid of my sins. No. Christ died for your sins. Well, if he didn't rise from the dead, you will still be in your sins. Well, what did he do when he rose from the dead? I'm glad you asked. Romans 4.25. When God raised Jesus from the dead, it's when he justified you. The word justified means to make right with God. Romans 4, 25, out of the good news, that's where we are. Romans 4, 25. That's what God did when he raised Jesus from the dead. He made you right with God. Because of our sins, because of our sins, he was given over to die. And yet people stand and say, well, when I got water baptized, God washed away my sins. Can't you imagine the almighty God sitting on the throne saying, how could they believe that lie? I just went down there and died for their sins. And they still saying when they got water baptized, the sins was washed away. Crump, crump, Earl, come here. I already know what happened because he know I'm going to tell it. And I'm going to keep telling you till you get it. Water had nothing to do with your sins. What can wash away my sin? Nothing. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. See, but see, some people, people are scared to stand up for the word. A shame of the gospel of Christ. So you don't want to say it around me. You don't want to say around me when I get baptized in water in Jesus' name, my sin was washed away. You don't want me to hear you say that. <laughs> Something come on me, you know what I mean? Just like, you said what? <laughs> Revelation 1 and 5. Look at Revelation 1 and 5. See, if you just read the word, all through the word of God, it tells us over and over and over. Even in the book of Revelation, I'm, I'm already got past Paul. It says, this letter is from Jesus Christ and from the faithful witness and from the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us. And what else did he do? He washed us. What did he do? He washed us from our sins in his own. And can you imagine that here it is, that Jesus is seated on the right hand of the Father. Here he is sitting down, has already come here, ruling and reigning, all power in his hand. And then somebody say, water washed away my sins. What did, what did she say? Can't you imagine? Gabriel, what? <laughs> Do you hear what they're talking down there on earth? I went down there and took care of this business, and still yet they're saying, Water baptism washed away my sins. Do you know how much that hurts the Holy Spirit? It grieves him to his heart. For his own people who have the Holy Spirit to go sit up in a church with somebody telling you water baptism washed away your sin and that you are God's own child who have the blood of Christ Jesus. Sit there and listen to that stuff. There's no way you can do it. Grieves the Holy Spirit of God. 
That's why I tell people, don't invite me. <laughs> if you're going to preach this mess, don't invite me. Because I'm preaching Christ and him crucified. Now let's go back to Romans chapter 10, verse 4 again. We're reading out the good news. I'm showing you who I got my message. Christ has brought the law to an end so that everyone who believes in, in who believes, I'm sorry, is put right with God. We showed you what you believe in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Then he said, Moses wrote about this being put right with God by obeying the law. I'm going to show you that, obeying the law. And whoever obeys the commands of the law will live. If they would obey the commands of the law, they would have had life, but nobody could do it. Well, what the scripture says about being put right with God, now he's going back to the Old Testament. He says, what the scripture says about being put right with God through faith, through faith. What does the Old Testament say about it? This is what it says. You are not to ask yourself who will go to heaven that is to bring up Christ from the dead. What does it say? What does it say? But the scripture says about being put right with God through faith is this. You are not to ask, I just read that. Yourself, who will go to heaven? It says, nor are you to ask who will go down to the deep below. That is to bring up Christ from the dead. But what does the scripture say? Now he's telling you, what does the scripture say? The scripture is Old Testament. It lets you know this is not the gospel of Christ. Because he's relating you back to the scripture. See, that one of the things, if I can get you to understand that your message, the New Testament, has been kept secret. We'll show you that in Romans 16, 25. And we'll show you Acts 3, 21 to go with that. It's been kept secret since the world began. So nobody knew about your message until God revealed it to Paul. This message, he's relating back to the Old Testament. What did the scriptures say? This is what it says. God's message is near you. On your lips and in your heart, that is the message of faith. That's what I'm teaching you about what today? The message. the message of faith. Now, I'm going to show you the message of faith. You got to speak it. You got to believe it or it don't work. And this is what people are trying to do today is try to teach you the message of faith. And it does not work. I told you the gospel of Christ or the word of truth is already finished. I spent weeks, a whole month, for you not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Think about how much that grieves him. When he has come here, his son has come here and finished the work. So you don't have no more work in the new covenant. I say you have no more work in the new covenant for you to receive anything from God. There's nothing else you can do in the new covenant to get anything from God but believe. <coughs> but believe. Nothing else. You hear the word of God and you believe it. So when you go here and trying to do something, then you got in the works. You just left grace. All right, now let's look at this again. Uh, the mess of the faith. The mess of the faith. The mess of the faith. Now, that's what Paul says he preached. The next word, next word, verse number nine. It says, now this is how the message of faith works. You have to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
You got to believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. Then it says, and you will be saved. What tense is will? Now, you, if you got out of the ninth grade, you ought to know what tense will be saved in. If not, give me that diploma back. If anything will happen or shall happen, it's not present tense, is it? That's future tense, right? All right. If I tell you you will go to heaven, that means that you shall go to heaven. If I tell you shall be saved, means you ain't saved. But you shall be. You shall get some of this water. But you don't have none of my water. Can you see that? So you got to understand, shell is future tense. That means shell is prophecy. Anything is future tense is prophecy. All right? You are not on the prophecy. Now, I gave you two verses of Scripture. I gave you Romans 16, 25, and I gave you Acts 3, 21. Look at the difference. This, this verse is for you. Now to him there's a power to establish you, Paul says, according to my gospel. Remember, he keeps telling you according to my gospel because there's another gospel. According to my gospel, and the preaching of Jesus Christ, I preach Jesus Christ, but I preach Jesus Christ according to the revelation. The word that I preach is revealed. It's according to the revelation, watch this, not the revelation of Jesus Christ, because we have a book of Revelation, and the book of Revelation is the revelation of what? Some of y'all will never look past that first verse. Can you give me a Revelation 1 and 1? Let's make sure they see that before they leave. The book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 1. What is that book said? He said, this is the revelation of what? I'm not preaching the revelation of Jesus Christ. If I want to preach the revelation of Jesus Christ, I will go to the book of Revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave to him to show him this, this service thing must shortly come to pass. He gave that to John. He gave John, the same one who wrote the gospel of John, he gave him the revelation of Jesus Christ. I'm not preaching you the revelation of Jesus Christ. Go back to Romans 16, 25. I'm preaching to you the revelation of the mystery. And I only got two mysteries in this Bible, and that's Christ and the church. Now to him that's able of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. What am I preaching to you? Everybody, I can't hear you. I'm preaching to you the revelation of the mystery. Watch what it says. Which was kept secret. How long was this revelation kept secret? Since the world began. We're talking about all the way from Adam. Nobody ever heard this. But now it's made manifest. That's what man, the word manifest is when Jesus came in the flesh. By the scriptures of the prophet, they the one by the scripture of the prophet, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. So we do know there are three words you supposed to wrote down this morning, and I'm going to tell you again, and that's creation, manifestation, and revelation. 
That's why I'm teaching you at this church revelation, the revealed word. I'm not teaching you the word of life. I'm not teaching you the message of faith. I'm teaching you the word of truth. Go to Ephesians 1.13. Always when you go somewhere, find out what people are preaching. Because if you're under the wrong message, you can't expect the Holy Spirit to lead you if you heard the wrong message. See, that's why in this church we used to put out those little books uh, that people have little pamphlets they put out there and they give them to people who don't know what, they, what church to go to. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Daily Bread. Some of y'all don't even know the name of them. But anyway, they call Daily Bread. Well, that's written by some church. And their vision is to get the word out from that church. So they write a little book called The Daily Bread. Well, there's a whole lot of things in The Daily Bread that don't go along with the doctrine we preach here. Amen. So that's why we don't want to tell you to get The Daily Bread. It's their daily bread. That bread could be corrupt. As a matter of fact, there's a whole lot of stuff you read in there you, you know you don't agree with here. So that's another man's vision. That's when God showed me that I used, I myself, to ask the people of this church, I used to put them out of this church myself. And then God said, then I used to get Sunday school books from Christian literature for the Sunday schools. And we heard an argument in one of our Sunday school class about the Holy Spirit and it was because of the book of the Sunday school class that we were getting from Christian literature. Then I decided, it's about time we get rid of them books. <laughs> See, you got to understand, Christian Literature, from there, they, there's a lot of church and denomination order all of their material from Christian Literature, even the pastor's message. He don't have to worry about what he's going to preach every Sunday. It's already in his book. What a bore. For somebody already tell me my message. <laughs> Lord. All right, but that's what happened. Now in Ephesians 1.13 it says, In whom also you trust after you heard what? What message do we preach here? The word. the word of truth. You need to underline that in your Bible. You preach the word of truth here, and then he told you the word of truth is the gospel of your salvation. It's the good news of your salvation. So the message of faith is not. In whom also, this is this gospel hard work, in whom also after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You didn't have to do anything else. When you believe, God gave you the Holy Spirit. Believe what? Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. All right, now, in the message of faith, you have to act. That's one thing we told you before, to get the Holy Spirit, you have to do what? You have to ask. I'm going to show you, under that teaching, you have to ask, and that's something. Look at Luke 11:13. I'm going to give you three. We're going to look at three. Luke 11:13. then we're going to, we're going to write down John 14, 
13 and 14. Then you're going to write down John 15, 15 and 16. I'm going to give them to you again. Luke 11, 13. John 14, 13 and 14. John 15, 15 and 16. Now, we're going to go from here back to the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter number 8 and verse 5 after that. You got all that? They say, yeah, Lord. All right. Now, also, you want to write down the Gospel of John, chapter 6, because that's something else I need to go to. I'm, I'm telling you all this so I don't forget. I need, to, I need to do this just to start my message, really. Uh, the, the Gospel of John, chapter 6, and we're going to go, up, go down to verse number 58. John 6, 58, we're going to start right there. Okay. Now, this is... This is under the, the message of faith. If you're at a church, they message the message of faith, you're going to hear them say how you get the Holy Spirit, you're going to have to ask. Now, I just told you how to get the Holy Spirit. Did anybody just see me do that? What verse did I give you? I didn't ask you to do all that. <laughs> She helped you out, didn't she? Because I was coming, right? All right. With Miss Crump being quiet. What scripture did I give you to show you that you don't have to actually receive the Holy Spirit? I just got you, didn't I? That's, you, know I you know I just told you, right? Now, what did you have to do to receive the Holy Spirit? After you, you had to hear, hear the word and believe, right? Right. And then you received the Holy Spirit. Right. So you don't have to act. Now watch what it says under the message of faith. So when somebody teaching the message of faith, which we used to do, this is how you had to receive the Holy Spirit. Luke eleven thirteen. And if you then didn't even know how to give good gift to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that what? That's what you're going to get when you're hearing the message of faith. If you're going to get the Holy Ghost, you have to act. Just raise your hand and ask God to give you the Holy Spirit. But well, that's not how you receive the Holy Spirit. Everything under the message of faith, you got to receive because you have to confess and believe those two things. All right, I gave you two more things. I gave you the gospel of St. John. 14 says, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name. Now, what's wrong with that in the new covenant? If just what you heard right there, you ought to be able to be in the key to know that's not for you. All y'all flunked today. Here's the key. Listen to what I always tell you. Salvation is not in the name of Jesus in the new covenant. See, I keep telling you to write things down. When you, if you learn these principles I'm giving you, watch what he says. Now, I want you to come right back to this verse if you will go quickly for me and go to Acts 4.12. See, in the new covenant, now Acts 4.12, you're not new covenant yet, right? You don't get new covenant, you get the book of Romans. You do have your Bible from Roman to Philemon, 
the new covenant, okay? Well, you don't act, you're not a new covenant yet. You're in a transition book to show you how to transition from law to grace. Watch what it says. Neither is there salvation in any other. Now, this is before Paul ever started preaching. Remember, God didn't arrest Paul until, until you got over into what chapter? Y'all do it in chapter 9, right? Yes, yes. Paul got saved in chapter 9, right? Neither there salvation in another, for there is none other name, name under heaven whereby we must get, be saved. Well, what name were they saved? I just gave you the name, right? Y'all do know the name. Thank you. So just say it, say it for me again. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, what's the name? That's the salvation they have in the new covenant. I just went over this in the other day, and I told you your salvation was in what name? Christ. Right. He that named the name of Christ. You're not named Jesus, you named Christ. How many know what verse that is? I give you this much, 219. Y'all in my class? All right. Now you're looking. Look, 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 look. 219. I'll put it this way. Timothy, I'll give you one of I'm helping you out. You just got to you gotta know. 1 Timothy 219. Did I hear somebody say that? Going once? 2 Timothy 219. All right. Let's put it on the screen. 2 Timothy 219. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standing sure having this seal. Remember, I told you a seal to the day of redemption. Here's your seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. How do the Lord know who you are? Because you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. And let everyone name the name of Christ. What is your seal? Christ. You are named the name of Christ. God, Holy Spirit, have sealed you in Christ. You are named the name of Christ. You are the body of Christ. See, I'll never forget. Second Timothy 2.19. Some of y'all scared to say it. Like, you got to start speaking the word. All right. All right. Now. All right. Let's go back where we were. All right. John 14, 13 says, and whatsoever we ask in his name. Can't you understand your salvation is not in the name of Jesus? Amen. Your salvation is in the name of Christ. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. This is why a lot of people are still, still asking in Jesus' name to get something. In the name of Christ, you already got it. In the name of Jesus, you are trying to get it. And this is why it's not working. Whatever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Well, the Father already is glorified in the Son, now. I'm waiting on the next verse I give them to you. You give back to me. I only gave you one verse, 13. Yeah. If you ask anything, now, how many, how, many, how many have done this and it didn't work? Amen. And now you know why it didn't work. 
See, I'm telling you why it didn't work. Don't get mad with God. You're asking him the wrong thing. He said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If I will do it, that is prophecy and that is future tense. And grace is past tense. Some of y'all need to write it down. I keep telling you everything in the new covenant is past tense. It's already happened. It's the finished work of God. But if you go back here and you say God to ask God to do something, you're asking him to do something. That's why it's not going to happen. Won't it do it? <laughs> See, I always my daughter, my daughter always said it, so, so I, I, didn't, I didn't want to bother her. Because that's, she liked that song, won't it do it? Won't it, won't it, won't it do it? Listen, he's already done it. Now, I, I know what she is, so I didn't want to bust a bubble. Just like, just like what your song was, Jesus will. And nobody can sing that song better than my sister right here. Huh? She scooped a little bit, Jesus will. And I said, y'all gonna sing it for the last time. Because if I say he will... Then I'm saying he has not done it. And that's what grieved the Holy Spirit. Yes. See, it's the Holy Spirit who takes of what Jesus did and shows it to me. And then when I said Jesus will do something, then the Holy Spirit is like, what else he got to do? He has finished all things. Jesus has entered into his rest. Yes. He has sat down. It's finished. He's not going to do anything else. Grace is past him. It's already happened. Grace is his finished work. So you have to understand when you preach the word of faith, the gospel of your salvation... He's telling you what God has already done. That's why I taught you so long in Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. It's telling you everything God has done. Our salvation is in the name of Christ. It's going to take some time to get used to, because we still say the name Jesus. We, it will take time, but God made that same Jesus in Acts 2.36. He made that same Jesus whom we, they crucified, made him Lord in Christ. Made Jesus, made him Lord in Christ. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know that God hath passed tent, made that same Jesus whom you crucified. He's now both Lord and Christ. So I understand who we call him Jesus. We, know, we understand that, but we want to make sure that we understand Jesus is where he started, it's, and Jesus is the Father's name. John 5, 43. See, Jesus is the Father's name. Christ is the Son's name. You are not in the name, you are not named Jesus. See, so when they seal the people in the book of Revelation, they seal them in their foreheads with the name Jesus. That's not going to happen. That's past it. I think I want John 5, 43. That's what I said, right? 
I am coming in my Father's name. It should say that. I am coming in my Father's name. Jesus is the Father's name. When Jesus sent his name to the person, call his name Jesus. Name after his Father. I am coming in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another come in his own name, him you will receive. And that's happened already because that person was Caesar. So we have to understand that he came in the Father's name. His name is Christ. Do everybody understand that? All right, now I gave you one more. John chapter 15, 15 says, Henceforth I call you not servants. You are not servants anymore. See, what happened is people think they're serving. It sounds real good to get behind the pulpit and get all the way down. All that sounds real good, but you're still not no servant. The lowest name that a man could be called is servant. See, that's what I'm talking about how the word. See, the word was made flush. He took upon him the form of, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let's go to that first. See, you got to understand what Jesus did. And what grieves the spirit is when you hear his children calling themselves servants, trying to be humble. <laughs> Let this man be also in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Watch this. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not a robber would be equal with God, but watch what he did. Made himself of no reputation. Took upon him the form of a servant. Do you know what the word servant means? Slave. Slave. Jesus took the lowest position. You have three categories. You have angels. You have God. Then you have angels. Then you have humans. And the lowest form of human is slave. You're not only human, now you're the lowest form of a human. Jesus, our Lord, took the form of a slave, made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he found himself who found out who he was in the word. Became obedient to death. When he found out his destiny, he was obedient to it, even the death of the cross. The Bible says he tasted death for every man. So don't ever think you're being humble because you call yourself a servant. And people think they're being humble because today that's what you hear a lot of. You know, I'm just, I just want to hear him say they made a song now. It's a song now. Just want to hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. <laughs> made a song out of it. Because they think that's humility, that's ignorance. Here's the Holy Spirit looking at his child, whom he has given and made heir of all things, calling himself a slave. Why you think you have all this controversy 
when you just had my brother's country, my brother's country, Brother Gene back there, Regine Goodness from Quebec. You just had a big controversy. He knows what that means when you have this young man and his wife step out of the royalty. They know what that means. That's not normal. See, they know what that means because that's royalty. And everybody can't get a point place in being royalty. Just make sure you don't step out of your place of royalty. Come on, say, I'm an, I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Say, I am royalty. See, don't ever think that you're not. Your father is the king. Come on, come on, lift your hand. Your father is the king. You are heir to the very throne of God. Don't ever look down on yourself, Amen. John chapter 15, verse 15 and 16 says, Henceforth I call you not servants, but I call you I, I, for the servant, because the servant know not what his Lord doeth. If you're a servant, you don't know what's going on in the house. The servant don't live in the house. Henceforth I call you not servants, the servant know not what his Lord doeth, but I call you friend. They were called friend. They could even call sons because you could not be a son until the new covenant. That's why Romans chapter number eight said, now you are the sons of God. But I call you friend for all things that, the, that I've heard of my father, I have made known unto you. And so that's why and then we get a man want to sing over here, I'm a friend of God. Well, you go on and be a friend. Look at Romans 8, 14. I know who I am. I'm not going to say that I'm a friend when I know I'm a son. Amen. You'll never hear my son, Josh or Earl, come to me and say, this is my friend, Dad. <laughs> my friend, Dad. My daughter, Cassandra, my, my daughter, Sandra, cannot say, this is my friend, Dad. Either I'm Dad or your friend. Dad is higher than the, than the word friend. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are. I say you are. You are the sons of God. Well, the next verse says, you are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of abundance again to fear, you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby you cry, Abba. Father, he is your father. That's how you're supposed to pray. When you pray, pray our, our father. That's how you got to be able to act. The, the Holy Spirit in you bears witness with your spirit that you are. The spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are the sons of the living God. So when you go to God, you got to go to God because you're his child. See why so many people don't get nothing. You go to all study and having a, an old servant and stuff and all this stuff. And, you, and when you get through with all of that, then I'll still be here for you to talk. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's go back to Genesis 1, 1 through 3. When you got into the message of faith, you had to go back to Genesis 1, 1 through 3. Then we're going to do Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to look at verse 1 through verse number 
3. Let's go back to Genesis chapter number 1, because this is how the mess of the faith started. Because it was teaching the people to be like God. Because speaking faith means creation. And that's what the message of faith was all about. That means like Abraham. I'm going to go to Romans chapter 4 in a moment. And that's why Abraham. Abraham was able to speak the word of God. Call things which be not. That's why in the message of faith you hear them use their verse. They call things that be not as though they were. But see, that was okay for the message of faith. But that's not what you under now. That's the gospel of the kingdom. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God created the heaven and the earth. Let's go down to verse number three. Let me skip that verse for time's sake. Verse number three, you're going to use, and God said. That's why when you hear the, the faith message, they always go through these verses, and God says. Because he spoke everything into existence. So that's why they tell you that you have to confess and believe. And speak the word, and now you would have the thing you say. Let me show it to you. Mark eleven twenty three. You will hear them use this verse all the time. Are you learning from the Gospel of Saint Mark, chapter number eleven? See, this is one of the things that I, I had been taught for so many years, and then I realized I was taught the wrong message, and I got mad because I, you get to places where you're asking God for something, and it's not happening, and then you go to, don't, and then you get somebody else to agree with you, two of you. I said, well, my problem was, maybe I just didn't have the faith. So let's go to Matthew 18, 19. Can you just do that real quickly? So I went to Matthew 18, 19, and then I get my wife to agree with me. And because the word said, two of you shall agree on earth, as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them. Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you, the two of you shall agree on earth. So I get my wife, and we'll come into an agreement. So, hon, I need you to agree with me. Because the Bible says two of us shall agree on earth as touching. So we don't have to be there. We can agree our agreement is as touching. Anything we shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. Well, here's the key. It shall be done. It shall be done. It's not faith. It shall be done. It's future tense. You are not, your message is not future tense. It shall be done. See, it's no different than the song over here. Won't he do it? See, you still, you still believe in God to do something. Jesus is already resting. I can show you in the word of God in Hebrews chapter 1. He is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. Go to it. Hebrews chapter number 2 verse 1. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1. Jesus is already resting. Now what you want Jesus to do is get up and go get you some water. <laughs> Because you want Jesus to just do what you want him to do. Lord, I want you to go do this for me. See, that's what you want. 
But that's what that message is doing. I'm waiting on Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. God, who is sundry time and divers' manner, spake at time past unto the fathers. He spake to them by the prophets. Hath past him. In these last days, spoken, already passed, unto us by his son. He came here and spoke to Israel by his son. Whom he had appointed heir of all things, by him also he made the world. Here is God who made the world. Being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, what did he do once he purged your sins, Pastor? He sat down. He sat down. He sat down on the right hand of the master on high. Henceforth, being made so much better than the angels. No, they don't. It's a henceforth in there somewhere. Expecting to the end we made the footstool. Oh, that didn't say that there, I imagine. That wasn't the last part of verse 3. Being made so much better than the angels, as he by inheritance, he sit down on the right hand of the master on high. Being made so much better than the angels, as he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. See, remember, he inherited the name by inheritance. Verse 13. But we want him to get up and go get us a glass of water. But the witch of the angels said at the end of time, sit thou on my right hand until I make your enemy my footstool. This is what the father said. Sit down. I'm going to make your enemy your footstool. He's already done it. Are they not all menacing spirit? Now this is who you got ministering for you. Angels, they're ministering spirit. They're sent forth to minister for them who are of salvation. See, you have angels that minister for you, not the Lord. But you got to know how to understand that angels hearken to the word. That's why you got to know the word. The word says. And so if you use the word, it's already been finished. And then the angels don't get in no trouble by doing what you ask them because it's already been done. So you don't ask them to go do something. You tell them what the words say. You know the word. You can't operate in this thing. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, I'm just about done. Just about done. Now, this is something I gave you. Look at, look at Matthew 12, 36, 37. Matthew chapter 12. 36 and 37. Now, this is how it was in the Old Testament. In the Old Covenant, you were justified by your words. You're not justified by your words in the New Covenant. How is a man justified in the New Covenant? Would you put, the, would you put Romans 10.4 in the Good News Bible on the screen one more time? This time they're going to get it. This time. This time will be the last time. For Christ has brought the law to an end so that everyone who believes, see it? Everyone who believes is what? I ask you how you may write right with God. You look at me like, <laughs> what did you believe? 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Went over all that with you. That's why I say you got to get this because if you don't, the book of Romans talks about three different righteousness plus yours, which is four. 
And if you don't know the difference, you don't know how to rightly divide the word of God. That's why people are, don't understand how to be justified. You are justified. Your justification was a free gift. Look at Romans 5, 17. Your righteousness is a free gift. Nothing you've done. So you hear somebody say, you have to confess and you have to do this here and all. That's not your righteousness. Your righteousness needs to be believed. And the word believe means to receive. For if by one man offense death reigned by one much more, they which receive. What do you need to do? Receive. Everybody. Receive. What do you need to do? Receive, receive what? Abundance. You need to receive the abundance of grace and and what else? The gift of righteousness. Gift free. Your righteousness is free. If you do that, you reign in life by one Jesus Christ. You've got to understand. You've got to receive it. And that's what happened with us. We think we already got it, so we don't receive it. I already got that. I already know that. I already know what he's talking about. Instead of stopping and saying, you know what, I'm going to receive this anyway because I might not have this. All right, I gave you a verse, Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 and 37. Matthew 12, 36 and 37. Watch what the word says. Matthew 12, 36 and 37. Well, when I say that Every idle word, this is how it was under the message of faith. That's why they had to be careful what they say. Because every idle word that men speak, they had to give account thereof in the day of judgment. And this is why people tell you, Romans 14 says, we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That's what they're using. You don't have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You just got to make sure you're saved. But I say to you that every idle word that men speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Then the next verse says, why? Because by your words you are justified. That's how it was under the gospel of the kingdom. They were justified by their words. Because remember, death and life was where? In the power of their tongue, Proverbs 18, 21. That's how it was with them. That's not how it is with you. For by thy word thou shalt be justified, and by your word you shall be condemned. Let's go back to Proverbs 18, 21. That's why that verse is telling them that, because death and life was in the power of their tongue. They were under confessing and believing to be saved. That's not your salvation. Your salvation is free. God has made your salvation so you can't mess it up. Even you can't mess this up. <laughs> you've, been known, you've been known to mess up a few things, but God made your salvation so easy that all you got to do is receive it. All you got to do is receive it. Can't mess it up. Because it's already done. He finished your salvation before he born you. See, Old Testament, what he did, he had man to be a part of his Old Testament covenant. You are not a part of the New Testament covenant. The New Testament covenant was for you. 
So all you can do is receive it. And yet, people won't go to heaven. Because they think, well, now nah, if it's free, see, because if it's free, they got to be, you know, see, there you go. There they go. Keep going. Death and life, this is in the old covenant, are in the power of the tongue. Now, the word power means what? Don't blabber out when you know what it means. Don't just throw something out there. The word power means words. So you need to put that little word, that anytime you use the word power, it's words. Death and life is in the words of the tongue. That's the only thing the tongue going to speak is words that I know about. Sometimes it'll bite your tongue, but your teeth will bite your tongue. But death and life is in the words of the tongue. How many can see that now? It's in the words. Death and life is in the words of the tongue. That's why I gave you Matthew 12, 36 and 37. By your words, you are justified. By your words, you are condemned. Can you see that now? Can you put it together? Death and life in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. See, they ate the fruit of what they said. So go back to Mark 11, 23 now. I think that's why I asked you earlier. Then we never got that, did we? Let's go back to the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 11, and verse 20. Bag up the 20. I think my time is about gone. Thank you. Mark 11 and 20 said, Verily I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed. Let's go back to verse 20. Thank you. Verse number 20. Thank you. In the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up on the roots. If you, if you remember, we was a word of faith teaching church, so you know we had all this stuff because we were going by what we said. If we say it and believe it, that mountain would move. And, we, and I was kept speaking that mountain. Matter of fact, we used to have a song called Mountain, move out of my way. Mountain, mountain. Move that mountain ain't went nowhere. <laughs> so we had to start speaking that something wrong with that. How many remember that song? Mountain? <laughs> Sister Sheba. Oh, Sister Sheba be like, Mountain. <laughs> that mountain ain't going nowhere. So we had to find out that we was preaching the wrong message because if we have faith as a grain of mustard seed and we say to that mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea and no doubt in your heart, but believe those things you say shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you said. Amen. Well, nothing happened. <laughs> hmm. Well, what am I doing wrong, Lord? He's just the wrong message. That's the message of faith. You on the grace now. Your message has already been revealed. Thank you. All you got to do is believe it. In the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dry from the roots. And Peter called to remembrance, said to him, Master, behold the fig tree which you curses, withered away. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. What do you say, Lord? You need faith in God. I say to you, that whoever shall say this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not die in his heart. But if you believe that those things which you say shall come to pass, you shall have, I'm waiting on the next verse if you wait on, you shall have whatsoever you say. Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire when you pray, 
Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. I had it down pat. But I never had it. I said, he said, we're going to have it. That's what he said. And God said, yeah, but that was in the gospel of the kingdom. You're in the wrong message. We're not going by what you say over here. We're going by what he did. See, we still want to go by, if I believe it, he said it, that finished it. Well, it finished it whether I believe it or he said it and all that anyway. It's already been done. So I had to change and I had to come to a place that said, Lord, I believe the wrong message. I've been deceived. I've been believing the wrong message to get the things you have for my life. I believe the wrong message, trying to get the things you had in your life. He said, look, you go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6 and you read it again. So that's where I'm going. Look at 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. It doesn't say you share. It don't tell you desire when several things you desire when you pray. Oh, no. When you pray, you're trying to get something. You ought to be in Thanksgiving. Had a person that says, we on our 29th day of fasting. We on our 29th day of praying fasting. I'm going, why you need 29 days? <laughs> come on, come on, let's finish this. I got to finish. But this I say, he was so sparingly. Just do what the word says. If you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. Every man according to his purpose is hard, just let him give. Not grudging it on necessity. God love a cheerful giver. And God is able. I said God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you ain't got no me no whatever I desire when I pray. No, no, no. God is able to make all, all grace abound toward me that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. All I got to do is do what the word say. He said he love a cheerful giver. Then I said to my wife, well, let's start giving. Amen. So I goes into the foyer and I said, okay, I'm start giving. I told my wife every Sunday morning, I'm giving. Every child come by, child, children. I'm giving. <laughs> so people come to me on Sunday morning and say, here, Pastor, here's a handful of ones. Somebody over here said, here's a handful of ones. Somebody else said, here's some more ones. I said, thank you, because I got to keep giving. Mm. Every Sunday morning you come to this church, I'll be out there giving. Why? Because God loveth. My time is up. I said, my time is up. Hallelujah. If you're expecting from God, why don't you start giving? Give. Start giving. Start giving, not grudging it. Or necessity. God love it. I say he love it. Or cheerful. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.